0: Today, I'd like to talk about personality ethic versus character ethic. I first read about this as described in the first section of The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen R. Covey. But its concepts, I've found, uh, have been present in a lot of self-help and self-empowerment literature. A little bit about Stephen Covey. He was born in Salt Lake City in 1932. He lived to the age of 79 when he died in uh, 2012. He taught as a professor at the John M. Huntsman School of Business at Utah State University. And he is an author of multiple books and was named by Time Magazine as one of the 25 most influential people. He was a co-founder of Franklin Covey Company, a provider of leadership, individual effectiveness, and business execution training and assessment services for organizations and individuals. And that last was a quote from Wikipedia. So that's a little bit about Stephen Covey. Um, I'll be covering some more stuff about the seven habits of highly effective people uh, as I sort of work through each section, but I'm just going to cover off um, what sort of stuck out to me about this personality ethic versus character ethic. So what are they and what's a comparison? So the personality ethic is focused on the quick fix in order to get a result. Essentially, develop new skills, habits, or language patterns in order to create a result. Essentially, what's a strategy that I can use to get a result? So if I was an individual, maybe I would say I'm going to... um, and I want to lose weight, the strategy that I would use is I would diet and exercise in order to get the result. Um, If I was an organization, we might use a particular marketing strategy uh, in order to bring on new clientele and uh, increase sales. The character ethic is focused on internal change of beliefs and values resulting in developing character. So this is analogous to a tree where the tree grows from the root and the fruit is as a result of the health of the tree. So let's dive into the personality ethic. Essentially, it's considered an outside-in approach. It places faith in techniques and frameworks that are designed in order to generate a result. This may be in the context of finance or personal relationship, business. This is used by people as individuals, it's used in families, it's used in business. The focus is often on communication skills, interpersonal strategies, positive thinking. So it might be a specific management strategy for a business or if it's in the family, you might say, um, you know, reflecting back something that the other person has said to you as as a strategy to help somebody feel like they're better understood. It's short term and it's results focused. And what I mean by that is essentially the validity of the strategy is based on the results that it creates. There's, there's a caution with it because um, the personality approach, can it can breed mistrust because of insincerity. So if I were to suddenly um, start uh, to, you know, put on some sales techniques, uh, because I suddenly wanted to start a business, um, the people that I care about and have uh, relationships with would essentially see that um, and see that because something has drastically changed in me um, and suddenly I have this new behavior, uh, they would be suspicious. Um, and this is, often, this is often a thing that happens with uh, individuals who start businesses is because they start with the um, strategies and frameworks and, uh, that are sort of hand-fed to them and uh, without understanding the underlying um, root of what's actually going on. So essentially, I think we've all met the sleazy car salesman who talks a good talk. But still puts our guards up because we can see through their uh, sales techniques so uh, an illustration that I really like is um, consider uh, a movie so you the there's computer animation in film and uh, on one particular movie um, they uh, they brought a dead man back to life essentially. Um, by taking his likeness and putting it into the movie. So uh, the movie I'm talking about is Star Wars Rogue One, which came out in 2016 um, and is an immediate prequel to the events of the first Star Wars movie ever made, Episode IV, A New Hope, which came out in 1977. Um, If you're not familiar with the uh, Star Wars series, that's okay. Um, I'll explain everything that uh, just to make the point. So in A New Hope... Uh, there was a character uh, whose name was Grand Moff Tarkin, who is essentially a high-ranking general, um, and is, uh, he's played by the actor Peter Cushing. Now, Cushing was born in Surrey, England uh, in 1913 and died in 1994 at the age of 81. And obviously, because he died in 1994, he could not star in a, as a, in a role in a movie that came out in 2016 however um, because the movies in, were supposed to be concurrent of each other in order um, to follow the story it desired it required that this character be in the 2016 film so rather than casting a new actor which is often the approach that um, you know if there's discontinuity in, in who's able to play a character they change the actor well in this case they decided that they would use the technology of the day uh, to create a likeness of Peter Cushing in the role of Tarkin through computer animation. Now, at this point, computer animation has come to the point where it's very effective and it's, you can make a very close likeness of somebody. I remember when I first saw the film and seeing Tarkin's character portrayed, uh, despite how visually accurate the animation was, it still felt wrong to some degree. There was still something that just didn't quite seem right. Um, If you're not paying attention, especially now with how good this animation has gotten, it might pass you by and you might not even notice it. We generally will accept things that we know are not meant to be real uh, in film, kind of like uh, if we see a computer animated dragon, such as in Game of Thrones or a large spaceship, but the human face is something that we are so intimately familiar with because we're relational beings, um, and we see the human face day in and day out. So we just know when something isn't right. And so it's the same when we consider the personality ethic often touted in self-improvement circles. Uh, somebody will put on a new habit or a new presentation skill or a new linguistic pattern. will notice that they're trying to seem like a more understanding listener because they'll reflect things back to us and it just feels it feels forced and it feels fake and it will set off our uh, our spidey senses um to those who are watching and listening to us because people can spot a fake a mile away we're so in tune with how we relate to each other and the underlying character that's associated with it that we as human beings just we can spot it um i've been guilty of this I, While I've been looking for uh, a quick fix for problems that I've faced, I, I completely ignored the erosion of my own character. And that was the real source of my problems. It was resulting in problems in my marriage, problems at work, um, problems in all of my relationships, uh, people starting to pull away. And it's only even recently that I've identified that um, it's it's not because of the Uh, Well, it is because of my behaviours, but it has to happen, there has to be a change that happens internally. Um, I've fallen into the trap of becoming the sleazy salesman, even though it was never my intention to do so. So, what's the alternative? Well, there's the character ethic, which is the inside-out approach. It requires us to make changes to our character, as opposed to our personality. The character ethic requires us to take responsibility for our own lives, first and foremost. It, uh, it it basically says that the, we no longer have an excuse um, to be victims. We cannot blame uh, our lives on those around us or in our, our environment or how we were raised by our parents or the genetics of our grandparents. It, it proposes that essentially we are the authors of our own destiny. And so this is a bitter... There, this is a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people because we live in such a, a victimized um, society where we say, well, the government is, is doing this. And, and this is why people become so upset when you talk about politics with them because um, essentially this government is doing this thing to harm this people group. And um, there has to be some maturity here. There has to be some self-responsibility and a sense of perspective change. Um, so while the personality ethic focuses on what we're doing, the character ethic focuses more on not necessarily, um, how we are, but it's how we see things because, um, there's a, there's a, uh, famous book by, um, Viktor Frankl and he described his experiences in a Nazi concentration camp. And... Um, which is, is a horrible experience uh, that I can't even begin to comprehend. And yet he came out saying that he has the ability to change his perception on how things are. And he was able to create hope for himself. Um, and this is, this is not something that I thought was possible in my own life until recently. So by adjusting how we view the world, this is what actually results in lasting change. So this follows what is, uh, what uh, the Seven Habits for Highly Effective People calls the see, do, get approach. um, Suggesting that change comes from uh, the way that we see the world. So if we can change our frame of reference uh, for the events in our life, essentially changing our beliefs, this will result in new action leading to the desired results. Um. Whereas with the personality ethic, we are emitting the C in this pattern. And so it results in just saying, if you do new behavior, you will get your desired results. Which is not, it's not untrue, but it doesn't create lasting change. Um, And this can be seen as the classic example of the New Year's resolution to lose weight and um, eat more healthy. And I have a friend uh, who actually owns a gym and he says... uh, you know, this is the biggest hurdle for people is not whether they're actually um, going to sign up for the gym membership. A gym membership doesn't do you any good if you don't use it. Um, And often people will uh, fall back into their old habits. Um, And this comes from the fact that uh, for a lot of people, uh, we get a rush of dopamine when we eat food. And we can believe even unconsciously that eating makes us unhappy, or it makes us happy. Um, Eventually we will... Uh, we'll just get to the point that we've been, since we've been refraining from doing something that makes us happy, we'll just, we'll just fall back into our old ways because we'll say, well, um, I'm tired of being miserable and just want to go back to doing, um, what gives us that rush. And this can be, uh, not just food. It can be alcohol. It can be, um, it can be smoking. It can be relationships. Uh, people believe that they can only be happy in a new relationship when there's that glow of new feelings and that rush in the in the newness. Um, it's I've been guilty of this with jobs, where um, I believe that the I can only be happy with a new job where I'm constantly expanding and growing. And while that that's not necessarily bad, it's. Um, it is uh, causing some, uh, some very negative outcomes for me uh, because of my lack of character in this area. Um, back to the weight loss, uh, there's an estimate, and this is coming from WebMD. Uh, by some estimates, 80% of people who successfully lose at least 10% of their body weight, which is a significant uh, accomplishment, will, regain, will gradually regain it and end up as large or even larger than they were before they went on the diet. So, again, not lasting change. Now, while this is arguable, it's arguable that there are many reasons for this, such as hormonal or genetic or um, upbringing. It illustrates the point that unless we change what we believe, new behavior just will not stick. The character ethic is long-term focused, making internal changes uh, be the primary factor that will result in external changes of our secondary factors, i.e., our personality. Uh, So the illustration I like to use in this case is considering a house with leaky pipes. If we are just going to change the behavior, it's like we have leaky pipes that ruin the walls and we rip out the old walls that are stained and covered in mildew and we replace them with fresh drywall. And I actually saw this um, in action one time when my wife Steph and I were looking to purchase a home. We entered the basement and we saw that the bottom half of the wall had fresh new drywall in the furnace room. this uh, naturally set off some alarm bells and we had we really had no way of knowing what was behind that wall, whether they had actually gone out of their way uh, to fix any underlying problems whether there was uh, there would be continued to be leaking um, in in the in the basement uh, resulting in water coming into the house. But we had to immediately ask ourselves what is it was it what is it trying to hide why has it been replaced why is this so, so shiny and new. And there, I think what, it, what would have made the difference is if the the salesperson had actually been up front with us and told us about what was going on down there. Um, now, back to the illustration, eventually the water will drip through and ruin the drywall. Mold will set in and the house will be no better off. And in fact, worse, because the underlying problem has not been fixed. It will continue to uh, rot away, um, uh, the the other parts of the house, if you're using wooden studs, rot will will set in and then you'll eventually have to do even more work. Um, so the way to solve this is by actually when you rip out the walls, you, you remove the leaky pipes, which means you have to turn off the water and you have to pay for a plumber. So there's personal sacrifice that has to happen in order for uh, these foundational issues to be fixed. So that's what the character ethic suggests, is that we need to, first and foremost, fix the leaky pipes first, before we worry about prettying up the drywall and putting on a new coat of paint. So I will explore um, what this looks like, what some, of these, uh, what some of the character traits that we want to work towards uh, look like, and how we might go about doing that. Um, But uh, for now, that's all I've got for you. So I hope that you enjoyed this. I hope you found it. At least uh, you got something out of it. If you have any questions, shoot me an email. Um, And if you like the podcast, share it with a friend. Um, These are things that I'm learning. And I hope that other people can learn from what I'm going through. So take care for now.